guys, how's it going? Is that a trick, yo-yo? Why isn't my yo-yo coming back up? Can you walk the dog? <laughs> the Offset Yo-Yo Podcast. Okay, so I something I really want to talk to you a little bit about is um, your warm-up routine. Mm-hmm. in terms of how you warm up because it, it's actually weird because I, I put up a video uh, on, on how I practice and I think you and I do something pretty similar, but could you mm-hmm. kind of just speak to how you, before you start grinding through your freestyles, how you kind of warm up and kind of get in the groove? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what I usually do, and I haven't done this in a little bit because there hasn't really been competitions, but mm. um, I, what I would usually do, let's say I'm going to do, um, during practice and then I'll give you the version the day of the contest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I'm practicing, what I do, let's pretend I already have my performance made. Mm. It's all polished up. The performance is finished. That's sure. a whole different conversation, yeah. but <laughs> and we can finished. dig into that. Yeah. It's finished. And, um, what I do is I usually, um, I get the string on it. I make sure the string is the perfect length and then I make sure the string tension is perfect and I don't have any music. I don't have headphones on. Um, I'm really focused. You're, you're, you're cold. Like if you, if you don't yo-yo for a while, let's pretend, let's pretend you want to start practicing and five minutes prior, you were just sitting at a desk or sitting on the couch yeah. or living regular life. Your, <laughs> your body, your body and your muscles are not like, it's not ready for the super fast stimuli to do like mm. a bunch of yo-yo tricks. Like it takes a little bit of warming up. Obviously that's what warm-ups are for. But mm. what I would, what I would usually do is I would, um, I would do every single trick, every single combo in the performance without music one time through, but I would make sure that I have the execution flawless. So sure. let's, pretend I have, let's pretend I have the first combo. It's like 20 seconds or something. Yeah. Um, I would practice that combo, not until it has no misses, but like I do it until it feels perfect. Like the execution is perfect, perfectly done. Like you can't, Mm. like you could not, you could not have like thought to yourself, whoa, I could improve the execution in this way. But I basically, I would do the first combo until I'm really happy with it, Mm. which might take two or three tries or four tries, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes first try, but you would do it. and you would do it perfectly and I would take a mental note. Like that's what it's supposed to feel like. That's what it's supposed sure, to look like. Sure. And it's more of like a, a lot of practice and a lot of preparation is mental as well as physical. So, mm. um, you kind of, it takes a long time to grow muscle memory and, yeah. um, you, you can't do something perfectly unless you practice it perfectly. So exactly. I, would, I would do the, I would do the first combo until I felt like it was perfect. And then I would go to the second combo and I would just mm. go through the whole performance for a three minute performance. It could take 10 minutes to do that or give or take. Yeah. And, I mean, that was going to yeah. be my next question because, <laughs> uh, the, the issue with me is that I do that and I've been out of the, well, I've been, I haven't been actively competing for a while. And what I'm finding mm-hmm. is that like, if you take 10 minutes, like it takes me a better part of like maybe 30 to 40 minutes to actually get it. And it's not even quote unquote flawless. Like I my my standards are a little lower. So I'll be like, all right, technically there's no misses onto the next combo. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so a question I would have for you is that how do you go about accelerating that warm up routine? Do you just drill through those combos separately, or is that just part of your? Is that warm up quote unquote practice, or do you do practice on top of that? Oh yeah, like that's just the warm up. Usually, I actually sometimes I'll just like yo yo for fun and just like goof around and do like random tricks yeah. for like a few minutes just to get warm, and then I'll do that sure. exercise. Yeah. And then I'll just start running through the performance. Mm. And uh, I have a really bad habit. And I think a lot of players have this bad habit where they will um, they'll start it and then they'll bomb the first combo and then they'll start over. And then oh, I start. do that all the time. <laughs> they'll, they'll start and then they'll have like five mistakes in 20 seconds and they'll be like, ah, yeah. this, this, is, this is junk. I'm starting over. And it actually it makes the first combo like the most well-practiced part of the whole performance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. um, like something that I try to stop myself from doing is doing that. Like I, yep. I, I try to do every single time. Like I've, I've been pretty faithful to this. I think, mm. um, when I practice, I try to do the entire performance all the way through, no exceptions, no restarts. Um, pretend you're on stage, take it seriously and do it all the way through and, and then start over. Like you don't yeah. have to like a whole, like a whole piece of how to do well in a contest is learning how to recover well from mistakes and how mm, to, mm. how to take, how to take a freestyle that has maybe too many mistakes on the front end and then being able to, get in a rhythm and to go clean. Like, yeah, I, I actually think like a good number of my freestyles were somewhat sloppy at the beginning. And then the middle portion was like almost flawless. And then towards mm. the end, I have a few more mistakes because I'm like nervous about hitting the ending. <laughs> I don't know. It's like that actually has happened to me in like a lot of contests. Like I could name a few or mm. a little sloppy, a little sloppy. And then like amazing in the middle <laughs> like I think the NWR a... 2019 is one of them <laughs> and then, <laughs> like i'm not i'm not trying to do that obviously i'm trying to yeah. be perfect the whole time but um, yeah when you practice it's really important to um go through the whole thing just so you just so you can be comfortable with with missing mm. it's okay to miss uh missing is going to happen because you're human and like the reason we still haven't found a yo-yoer who can step on stage at worlds and just have a flawless performance is because like humans are just limited and mm. um, the tricks we're attempting are just getting harder and harder and we're not able to keep up. Like if you, yeah. Um, yeah. if you watch us nationals, 2019, a majority of those performances are just so sloppy. If you watched all the finals and counted the yeah. negatives, like everyone's just trying stupid hard tricks nowadays and mm. we're not really able to keep up. So that's why um, that's a whole different conversation, but yeah that's, yeah, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> I mean, uh, be before we kind of jump onto that, what does your, um, what does the routine look like before a contest? Like before you're actually competing on oh. stage? I'm curious about that. Yeah. So my mentality is to practice. Um, like if you need to grind, like if you have, let's pretend it's the day of the contest or the yep. day before the contest. Let's say it's like, let's say it's worlds four yep. days long. There's like a day until finals or something. And if you're thinking to yourself, all right, I need to practice my freestyle to polish up the <laughs> spot or something like 
you're you're lost like you're not um, in a good spot i've been in that spot yeah, more times than i can spot. get it's it's it, not, nothing good ever happens there yeah like if you if the day of the contest if you make any change to the performance or if you like if you if you feel like you need to improve it still um you're behind and so what i what i do is i try to have it polished and finished very well practiced before i go to the contest and then when I'm at the contest, I don't need to polish it anymore. I don't yeah, need to yeah. grind it anymore. I don't have to have a mindset of like, I don't have to just be thinking to myself. Curiosity, generally uh, how, how far, um, how far away from the contest will you have that thing polished, gemmed, final, 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 final draft? Like how far out are we talking about a month um, or? I, I usually like, in my mind, I kind of think of it as, when am I ready to step on stage? You know? And I typically, I prefer to be ready to step on stage maybe two weeks before the contest, but um, preferably the more time, the better, I I guess. But um, I don't know. It's usually, it's usually between like a week and three weeks. Sure. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. It depends. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, maybe a couple of weeks, but the day of the contest, um, what I do is I just, uh, I'm already ready. I'm already practiced. So all I really need to do is warm up mm. and warm up and run through the freestyle a few times. And that's pretty much it. Like I don't, um, I have had a habit of just yo-yoing too much <laughs> the day of the sure. contest. Yeah, yeah. And I would just, I would just practice for hours, which I don't think is smart. It, it makes you fatigued. Mm. It makes you tired. It kind of just, you're not, you're not energetic enough to be ready, but, um, yeah, I think it's the perfect way to do it. It's just to be prepared and then just warm up. Spend maybe 20, 30, 40 minutes before your performance. No more, no less. You know what I mean? And, and, and that warm-up is just trying to execute each trick perfectly. Is that that's what so you've yeah, been doing? The warm-up is to run through the tricks, run through the tricks, do them perfectly, mm. um, and then run through the whole thing. Um, okay. Run through the whole thing a few times. Pretend like you're actually on stage. Don't get nervous if you bomb it, which you will. You will get nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if, like sometimes like I've had contests where five minutes before I step on stage, I run through the last time and I, it's just not good. And then I yeah. step on stage and it's way better. <laughs> okay. So, and vice versa. Mm. It both happen. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my answer. <laughs> Cool. I, this is something I've, I've wanted to speak to you about for a while. So I've, I've always thought that, um, practice, you, you kind of fall to the level of your practice, right? So like, let's say you have grand visions for this and you fall to the level of your practice. But I think something that's even more important is your ceiling is your trick set, right? You can't go any higher than the tricks that you're planning to do. Like, let's say you have your freestyle, you can only hit a hundred percent and there are some freestyles that just let's say everybody hit hundred percent score higher than others. Yeah, How sure. do you, and, and this is going to tie into a question that I'm very curious to ask you about like you dominating scales and that that's, that's coming, but how do you select such an ambitious trick set? How do you go about choosing the hyper, hyper optimized tricks that you know are going to score well? Mm. Well, I guess, um, yeah, this is a, a pretty big topic because yeah. a lot of players, um, 
a lot of players kind of go beyond what they're capable of doing because like they'll they'll try they'll try tricks that are a little bit too hard and then like like the takumi hakamatas of 1a you know what i mean yeah yeah like i think i think hakamata he's at the point where he doesn't care like he he he's an artist so he sure he's fine he's totally fine with like having a somewhat sloppy performance as long as he hit a lot of his amazing crazy bangers you know yeah um i'm pretty sure hakamata he's not like trying to be flawless right he's not like ray yeah. Yeah, yeah. but in 1a there's players kind of like that who um i always think it's a little silly when there's a player who's trying to be go trying to go clean but they're also doing tricks that are like way beyond what they're comfortable with sure. um so in terms of trick difficulty um throughout the years I try to gradually, gradually push the limits just a little bit okay. on trick difficulty. So like I, I've never had a contest where I just, um, I put tons of tricks in that were super tough and like, I wasn't comfortable with any of mm. them and I was just taking a shot in the dark and whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I've never really done that. Um, okay. I, think, I think 2019 was a year where I started to really take some leaps in my trick difficulty yeah Um, but that i think a lot of that just came from many many years of of Mm. gradual improvement overall because i i I wasn't just your average yo-yoer and then i just started doing a bunch of really hard tricks um i just uh it took a long time to get comfortable with those tricks and so yeah everything you ever see me do on stage are tricks that i am comfortable like somewhat comfortable with and um I don't recommend anyone to compete with tricks that they just are kind of scared to do yeah. or just like, Oh, I hit this trick one out of three times. I'm going to give it a shot. You know, like, yeah, yeah it's not really smart, but yeah. I, it's, um, it's interesting I, to yeah. hear you say that as well, because I mean, I wasn't really sure what your answer would be to be honest, because, you know, from an outsider's point of view, you have an insanely d- risky okay this is how it looks from an outsider's point of view it looks really risky and it looks really difficult and it looks like man if he just if he screws up just a little bit this this freestyle that's like very well constructed can be can be a bit of a train wreck and i think what you're saying is that like there's a bit of a method to the madness you don't overreach you just kind of systematically push it up over time but you've just been doing that for so long that it's that it's at a very high level yeah you um i had a really good thought I just lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry, um, man. You were saying, wait. I mean, it, I had something really good. <laughs> damn, damn. Well, maybe, maybe it'll come back to you. And if it does at any moment, just, just like disrupt whatever, whatever train of thought we're on. Um, but I also kind of want to take a look at it. Like we can look at it from a difficulty lens, but how do you think about it from what clicks? Like, do you, mm-hmm. how do you know what clicks and what doesn't? How do you know what to put in? How do you know what to take out? Do you, is that by feel? Is that, do you have like a, a, a council of elders that you give your <laughs> freestyle to, to, okay. to survey? Okay. I just remembered what I was going to say earlier and sure. this ties into what you're asking. So okay. the way, the way to win a yo-yo contest or a way to, um, the way to score really well is to, um, is to do tricks where everybody thinks 
it's harder for you than it actually is. So you should be, you should be able to go on stage and think to yourself, this trick is not too bad for me. Like mm. it's not super hard. Like it's, it might be difficult, but you should be fairly comfortable with every trick you do mm. on stage. And um, you should be able to present the trick in a way like your trick presentation should be, um, it should make the trick look harder than it is. And I know that right. sounds kind of weird and we're not like, I'm not trying to promote like being deceptive with that. Um, sure. There's, there's some techniques where you could kind of just, uh, uh, it's weird, but, but like uh, you should be able to have the judges think um, the difficulties like up here. Yeah. And for you, it's it's lower than that but yeah. that profit like that gain like that's uh, that's what that's, that's what an interesting way you. to think about it yeah i kind of think of it as like um in three minutes how many times can you do that <laughs> oh that's an interesting and, framework actually that's that actually is pretty yeah. good i'm glad you remembered that yeah yeah i thought of that for a split second then i was gonna say it and then i lost it but um yeah so like for, for example a lot of the next tricks um we might we might discuss this later but um, I just love tricks where, so like the neck tricks are great because they score mm. really well. And like the ones where they come over my head. So I'm looking at the ground and it's going over yeah. my head and I'm catching it. Mm -hmm. Um, those tricks, if you practice it r really well, if you just practice it a ton and you polish it and you're really comfortable with it, those tricks are easy. And I know that sounds crazy, or at least for me, they're easy because, mm. um, the appeal to those tricks is that you can't see the yo-yo when yeah. it's behind my head. Like I can't see it. And uh, tricks score higher when the judges can actually observe like, wait, he, can't, he couldn't even he see can't the yo-yo and he caught it, you know? But you can, you like, the way I think of it is I still can see the yo-yo. It's just, mm. I can feel it because when I'm doing those tricks, there's still tension on the string. Mm. And if you have tension on the string, you always know where the yo-yo is. So if you do a pinwheel, like if you're just spinning the yo-yo around and you close your eyes, you know yeah. where the yo-yo is. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why a lot of people, when they close their eyes, they can do rail combos or a front style combo, no problem, because they can. Yeah, there's that a lot is of true. tension on the string. But if you try to close your eyes and do a whip combo, like try to do yeah. a front stole, literally close your yeah, eyes and no, try to do a front stole. It is, like, it is really difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's super hard. Like you're gonna hit it one for ten maybe, and like that's because the yo-yo is airborne and there's not tension on the string, so you can't feel where it is. So like every trick where I can't see the yo-yo, odds are there is that tension on the string. I can feel where it is. Um, I can visualize. Like I think one of my best skills is being able to feel where the yo-yo is when I can't see it. And, sure. Um, and that specific technique does this really well. Like the mm. judges are like, whoa, he can't see it. But for me, I'm like, I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so, <clears throat> I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I think there's also an element to this that um, you are almost willing to, because the reason the, the, the tricks, like when I see like your like neck laceration, um, your like the Brent stall around the neck, which super dope trick. I know you get told that all the time, but I just want to say it one more time. Um, it just feels <laughs> scary. Like when I try to do it, it like feels like I'm going to get hit in the face and it's not a comfortable mm -hmm. thing to practice, nor is it a comfortable thing to repetitively do. So I think a lot of players kind of just try it maybe once, twice and be like, all right, I don't want to get him in the face. We're not going to do that. Um, and then it kind <laughs> yeah. of just becomes this, uh, this white space for you to dominate, I think. Yeah. I, I think 
I think it, uh, to do really well in a contest is to keep innovating and to have like have a solid foundation of tricks. Maybe eighty percent or ninety percent of your tricks are just like mm. tried and true. You've done at other contests before. You're comfortable with them. Uh, judges have an idea of how much it scores, but you should always have a few tricks that are like uh, um, kind of. I mean, it's pretty tough to do tricks that no one's ever seen before, but mm. um, to do tricks that um, you know how hard it is, but the judges don't know how hard it is. And I think okay. that's, um, that's pretty big. And yeah, so tricks like that are are perfect for competing. Like when you have a new trick and you just, um, you know it's not too bad, you know it's not too hard for you, but you know sure. no one's ever seen it. And um, for other people, it's really hard because they've never practiced it. But mm. like next door is a next door is a simple trick. I'm not saying it's an easy trick, but it's really, really simple. Mm. And what what I do as a competitor is I take tricks that are really, really simple mm. and perfecting them. Because let's say you take like a Arata Emai tech trick. Um, those are not very simple tricks. And yep he he takes a really complex trick and he masters it and like props to him that's crazy yeah but for me i take like i take tricks that are simple one string hit or like mm. simple things mm. but they look really hard and they're really big and yeah polishing those so like the next stole is a really simple trick but it's hard mm. uh, my behind the back stuff really really simple in yeah uh in substance it's really simple but it's really uh, flashy and difficult and um, the simpler the trick is the easier it is to actually get to the point where you can 100% be consistent with it sure I can't imagine I can't imagine a super technical trick where you could just do it in your sleep I don't know maybe maybe if you're yeah. Arata or Takeshi <laughs> I mean I think my, my next question and I think um, I'm just conscious of time but um, yeah. it's it's yeah I mean a question I have for you is that because I've kind of like seen your trajectory rise up and I think it's been quite interesting to see because you're constantly getting better. And I think you touched on this a little bit, but like there are a lot of players that have like kind of come up and they've stagnated and they've kind of come down and they've become irrelevant. You're still kind of very much on that upward trajectory. Um, what do you attribute that to? How do you continuously improve year after year? Um. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty simple, really. I think um, if you're never complacent, like if you, um, yeah, I'll, I'm always able to find tons of flaws in my technique and in my like approach. Like, as long as you're critical of yourself and you're constantly trying to point out weaknesses in your performance and weaknesses sure. in your trick set, yeah. Um, and you ask for advice from others. Um, like for example, Gentry Stein has been a pretty big mentor of mine recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. That guy, like, as you would imagine, he knows how to, um, he knows how to like polish and make a performance that just is polished. I don't know how else to say it. He just no, knows how I mean, to like, make a, he, he knows how to make a good freestyle. I've, but, I've spoken to Gentry at length <laughs> and that is a guy that has, like nailed it down to a science. He knows so much about that. I don't think a lot of plays yeah. give him nearly enough credit for like how diligent he really is with it. Um, yeah. Like who's, who's been at the world level for 10 years. Yeah. Like, 
at the top. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Nobody. Him and but him yeah. and Mickey maybe. Yeah, I mean Mickey had Mickey had his prime. Not like Gentry's been literally at the top for <laughs> ten years, which is yeah. crazy. But yeah, so if you're always uh, if you're always looking for ways to improve, you always will improve. Mm. Like if you if you're happy with where you're at, you're going to get worse. Or sure. Know, Something like that. <laughs> relative in comparison to everyone else who's kind of like grinded for the top. Yeah, like everyone's getting better. The game is getting better. Um, yeah. So, like lots of people are learning my tricks and I watch this most recent scales and I was like, whoa, everybody, like there's a lot of tricks that I'm really good at. Like in 2019, I was doing tricks that nobody else was doing. And then now a bunch of people are learning tricks that are similar to mine. And now I have to kind of like set the bar a little higher, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, no. still, I'm still ahead in the race because I've been doing the tricks longer. Mm. So I need to use that base and that foundation to push me. Think um, of the next push thing. My, yeah. Because I still have the advantage at the end of the day because I've been doing these tricks longer. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, to, I mean, full disclosure, I, I probably took a few of your elements. Like some of the slack stuff is like just really smart um, I, I think this is a good segue to kind of talk about online contests. So scales, mm-hmm. you've been dominating it. You you've been crushing it. You're the unofficial world champion of 2020, so to speak. <laughs> um, that's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, how do you go about, is there a, do you, how do you go about preparing for a, an online contest? Is, is it different to an in-person contest? How do you, how do you approach it? What would you, <laughs> Where would you go? Yeah. Well, there's so many differences. Um, there's so many differences from an in-person contest because there's so much in an online contest that you can control that you can't control at an in-person contest. So mm. um, for an online contest, you are sending in your own video. And yeah. some people might think, oh, the advantage of that is that you can attempt your freestyle as many times as you want and make it clean, right? Yeah. Well, yes, but I think a bigger part of that is that you get to send in your own production. Like you get to send like the stage is yours. They're not telling you what stage you have to be on. They're not telling you what kind of lighting you have to use. They're not like, Mm. you can make it, you can make, you can make the presentation as nice as you want. And sure. Yeah. So my approach, I think the best thing to do is to read the rules and, um, and know the judges, know the, know the trends. So scales, for example, um, they have, I think four people, like four dudes who do most of the clicking, like, uh, Colin, Bergie, Remy Mm, mm. and Mark, I think they're like the guys who usually do the clicking. Yeah. And, um, when you have uh when you have four people every single time doing the clicking um you can kind of learn about um you can kind of learn about like what kind of tricks they like and what kind of tricks mm. they click really high um but i think i think over time those guys have gotten really really good and really balanced um at clicking but but, I, because like i mean yeah. with with the scales contest it's so transparent like you can see yeah, yeah. literally where they click and where they don't, what, what they, what they count mm-hmm. as a negative. And I think no other contest has that level of transparency. Like there are probably, yeah. a, I mean, look, 
not going to, I don't want to start any hate. Don't want to start anything, but there are probably on like in-person contests where there are some pretty incompetent judges. And those are the official scores because no <laughs> one can see what the clicks are. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, something that's true with every sport, every game is that games are more fun when you keep score. Yeah. 100%. So exactly. like if, if, um, if basketball, like if you watched like the NBA, yeah. there's a lot, the ball is going through that hoop a billion times throughout, yeah. throughout the day. And let's pretend they just didn't keep score. It would, it wouldn't <laughs> be as fun to watch. Yeah, you wouldn't exactly. know like, like let's pretend um, like with, that's what I, that's one of the flaws with like boxing, for example, I think. Mm they people there will be a boxing tournament and they'll do unanimous decision at the very end and you don't see any of the decision making yeah yeah and um i mean there is a place for that but i guess it's keeping score always makes it more fun to watch for the audience always so i think mm, mm. it's something that i wish yo-yo contests found a way to implement more but yeah it's just it's just really difficult to have a judge's name associated like you could keep it anonymous but honestly um I know the clicking habits. Like I know the habits of a lot of the scales judges and I usually know who's clicking what usually not always, but there's a judge or two where like, yeah, this judge probably clicked that. And like, for example, like a point of advice is that scales judges really like really big risky tricks. You know, like if you do a, like at a, at a real life contest, um, it might not be worth it for you to do like crazy bangers, but Mm. in scales, it could work out because you could, you could get that perfect run on video. Yeah. Big, crazy bangers. Um, um, you can film it as many times as you want. And those score super well. Like the, yeah. The, yeah. The scales judges aren't afraid to give a plus three or a plus four. If they see like something really risky. Mm. And that's something that I think some, some judges in real life contests, they're a little bit too robotic and they're like, am I going to click it one click or two clicks? Mm. and they sure. they don't they don't consider how risky a trick can be they're afraid to get plus three or plus four um mm. that's not all contests i think worlds like world's finals is such a great um it's such a fantastic palette of um of judges like it's it's great like yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's the best I, th- I really do think the the world's finalist judges do a fantastic job because they have so many uh, judges who are from different backgrounds and different angles and different approaches. And they, um, mm. I don't think they're afraid to get multi-clicks, but I think, yeah, I guess if I were to give advice for online contests, just read the rules, understand how it's different from in-person, try to understand the judges and how they click because the way you click odds are, are a little bit different than the way some of these judges do. Yeah. And, um, in my opinion, there's some tricks that they click really high that I don't think they should. And there's tricks that I think that they don't, uh, there's that tricks that they being... don't click very much that I, you know, the other way around, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, if you, if you don't take the time to understand the contest itself and understand the judges, you can't really win. I don't really think unless you're yeah. just amazing. Like, yeah. No, so. I, I, I don't. And to be honest, like it took me a long time to not just intellectually understand it, but to kind of like, because the the fact of the matter is is that everyone thinks that the way they click should be the right way, <laughs> and it yeah it, no <laughs> it, it it doesn't work like that it does not work like that and um no. that is something that I've only learned recently to be honest so you know there's no that that's why there is no one style that is 
the best because it's like so many different people have so many different interpretations of the same rules. Yeah. And everybody has their biases because um, every yo-yo player excels, like whether you're a beginner or you're really, really experienced, Mm. every yo-yo player has a certain type of trick that they prefer and a certain type of trick that they understand the deepest. And for me, like I understand horizontal really well and so when sure. i judge horizontal i feel like oh my my judging abilities of horizontal tricks is you know <laughs> but it's not like it's not necessarily true but also if someone's doing like a really cool tech trick i that is like i, I can do tech tricks but i'm not like i'm no arata or takeshi so i can't yeah, actually exactly i can't like i can't fairly judge them the best i can because i don't really know it as well as they yeah do. you you don't know and, it like it's it's interesting yeah. because i see some like takeshi tricks that look insane and i'm like oh my god yeah. double click and then i actually learn it and i'm like actually that's not as difficult as i thought it would be so it's like or the other way around yeah exactly or like that one one element he does which like is a, like that should totally be a double click because i've tried for like the last half an hour and i can't hit it um and i think yeah, it, it it's really a delicate balance of um of yeah, just just choosing the right the right medium, I guess, because there are so many players that um that I mean for for instance, like I, I'm not big on hook combos. I don't like them. They they look really boring to me. And I, I can appreciate mm-hmm. the difficulty, but I don't know, man. I I don't think they should score as highly as they do, but I think the reason they do is because it's just like it's a clear thing. They did a hook. It's not a 1.0, it's a 2.0, so you kind of have to give it two. So um, that's, anyway, well, that's... Well, when I judge, it's interesting you talk about hooks because hooks are often overclicked because um, people, someone will do a 1.0 and a 2.0 and a 3.0, all three of those in the same freestyle. And technically, all three of those tricks are the same element, mm. but with different presentations. Yeah. So all three of those is a hook but it gets progressively more risky in the presentation so i would say a 1.0 hook is worth one yeah and a 2.0 hook is worth two however you're repeating an element uh, it's a repeated right. element so if you do a 2.0 after your 1.0 i would give it one and if you did a 3.0 after that 2.0 i would give it one because it's it's basically a 2.0 hook plus one additional point worth of risk and difficulty. Mm, so mm. that's why with my performances, for example, like my scales international, I didn't do hook. I only did 3.0 sure. and it just saves time. So you, you spend one second doing a 3.0, you get three clicks, you move on with your day. You know, you don't have to <laughs> repeat elements. So, yeah. yeah, this is, this is, this is a question and I, I promise I'm going to wrap this up in a second. No, no you're fine. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> is uh about your scales freestyle i and okay this isn't a dig but i'm curious i there were a few really big tricks in that in that and i'm, and I'm talking about your three minute scales routine that is uh mm-hmm. that, I, that i think is probably your well i mean it's probably it's my favorite freestyle of yours it's like when i saw it, it was insane um but there are a lot of elements where it's just like a big glaring like miss um why did you leave those in? <laughs> um, I left them in because I 
I didn't have time to make it better. Sure. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, I actually <sighs> scales international. is a funny story because I, I made that performance. Um, I made that performance in January of 2020. Yeah. And I had it made for, I was kind of making it to be kind of like my world's, my nationals sure. and world's freestyle for that year. And it so, definitely looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't like those contests obviously didn't happen. And when COVID the pandemic started, I took a pretty big break. I didn't, I yo-yoed for fun. I yo-yoed a lot for fun, but I didn't yeah. practice. I didn't really like grind out my freestyle. And then when Scales International came around, I originally didn't really feel like doing it. And then, and then I was thinking about it. And then it was actually kind of last minute for me to choose to do it. And uh, I, I, I figured, I figured I might as well just treat it like a real contest and mm. like a real life. Like I did not, um, I did not engineer this freestyle for Scales International. Sure. Zero percent. Like I did not like this mm. performance is made for it, uh, Yo-Yo Federation or International Yo-Yo Federation, yeah. IYYF, World Yo-Yo Contest. Like, the, like, and it's still like my Scales International is still not perfectly optimized for like worlds or anything. Like I think there's a few tricks that are too hard. There needs to be 10 or 20 more elements in it. Um, it needs to be a little bit easier for, for worlds. But I think, um, that freestyle was 0% made for skills. Like I made no changes to it. And sure. I, I thought I'm just gonna, at my university, there's a beautiful stage, which you saw me on for international. And it's a really big stage and students can rent it out for like an hour. And uh, sure. I, I was Wait, like, so that stage know, is I, real. Yeah. It's all real. Oh, dude, I, I literally thought that was like, because I was like, man, this is so extra. I thought it was like a Zoom background, but that was a real stage. Oh, yeah, damn. It was all real. Th that's yeah, cool. No, okay. it was a real, yeah, it was a real stage. And um, people in the music department at my school can rent it to practice their cello or like sit with a giant sure. cello or play their violin yeah. or bring a piano out and they'll practice on stage or something. And I have a friend who's in the music department who rented the space for me and let me use it basically because mm. I'm a marketing student, so I can't. I can't rent that. Fair but enough. I was like, I was like, Hey, can I borrow the stage basically? <laughs> and we got the, um, yeah. So I only had an hour time slot to film on that stage. Oh and man. If, if I, if I didn't hit it to my liking, I would have filmed, refilmed it maybe somewhere else. Like just yeah. a typical black backdrop or something. But, um, I figured how about I just treat it like a real life contest on an actual stage, um, I don't have a ton of time to actually hit this, so mm. it's a little bit more authentic. Yeah. Um, because typically, people will spend multiple days yep. trying to hit it on yep. camera. Mm. Um, but I, I kind of I wasn't really interested in that anymore because yeah, you can you can tell when somebody has just been this is Grinding obviously their it. thousandth time yep. trying this, you know, and like scales v4 when i won that one that's basically what it was i just, i was just trying over and over you know yeah yeah but yeah with international this is a performance that i had practiced for a long time and i had mm. made it a long time ago so i already had the muscle memory mm. so i figured i'm just gonna do my best and pretend like i'm on a real stage and give it a shot so um within 30 minutes i hit that take that everyone sees um and 
I kept trying. I, I kept trying to improve on it. And I went home that day and I, um, I looked at that video. I didn't think that was, I didn't think that was the one, Yeah. but I watched it and it had like 10 or 11 mistakes and a handful of blatant mistakes. And mm. I knew, I, I really did know, like I could hit it a little cleaner if I just grind it for yeah. many hours um, in front of a camera. But I don't know. It took away the authenticity from it. And I knew, mm. I knew I was taking a risk and I, I wanted it to feel like a real contest because we missed out on that this yeah. in 2020. So I yeah. kind of wanted it to feel real. Yeah. So I rented out a stage. I had a limited amount of time and that's the best run I could get. And I'm that's... not saying I would have hit that at worlds because yeah. it took me a few tries, but um, I, I still need to optimize that if I wanted to do it in a real contest, but yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't make it four scales. Mm. I was taking a risk. I had a lot of mistakes. I thought, I thought that someone could probably beat me if they played their cards, right? Yeah. But I got lucky. <laughs> so. That is uh that is such a flex. Um, and I'm so glad I asked that question because, um, I, I had a suspicion that the reality was something like that. Um, and I just, uh, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, um, had a chance to get you to explain it anyway, man, this is, uh, this has been super, super fun. Thank you so much for, uh, for almost two, two hours of your time, dude. And, um, yeah, yeah man, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I definitely have like, you know, we, we could probably talk all day about yo-yo related stuff and competition and how to optimize stuff. And this is probably my favorite thing to talk about in the world, but I just, I'm just mindful mm-hmm. of your time. So, um, thank you, man. This yeah. has been super, super, uh, helpful. And I think everyone who's probably listening on the other end of this would probably get a, a good kick out of it as well. Yeah, I appreciate it. I still have a little bit of time if you want to talk because sure. Dude, I mean, I think today. I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like what is, um, what are your competitive aspirations right now? What are you looking for in the future? Um, yeah, I, as soon as, um, as soon as there's the next nationals sure. in the U S I want to for sure win that. Um, mm. because I think I'm capable of doing it. And like you said, like you said, I've, I've been improving and I actually, I was a little discouraged a few months ago. Um, I was discouraged that there wasn't contests and I was kind of down about that. And I, I really, I really wished there was a 2020 contest season, but Mm. I was, I was discouraged. Like, how can I get, like, how can I realistically get better? Because I felt like if I improve my tricks, I'm just going to get sloppier. Like, have I, have I kind of reached my peak? And I, I looked at the final scores of every U S national I've competed in. I took 2015, which was like a 60 out of a hundred last place. And then I took 2016, which was about 70 out of a hundred. And then I took 2018. I didn't compete in 2017. I took, I took 2018, which was like, about 10 points higher than mm. that. And then I looked at 2019, which was about nine points higher than that. So like almost every year it was about 10 points in improvement. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, and, Gent- and Gentry beat me by 10 points. So that's kind of like the standard. <laughs> that's like the standard of where I need to be at. And yeah. I knew I could, I knew I could get there. So 
um, yeah, I think my aspirations is just to, when the next contest season comes around is to win nationals and then win worlds the same year. Mm. Um, I have, I know I have what it takes. All it takes is polish and, um, the day of the contest, don't try to win. Don't try to have no mistakes when you're on stage. Don't try to not miss. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. Okay. Like if you're, if you have a mindset of like, don't miss, don't get a negative. That's just stupid. Okay. Um, don't, yeah. Don't yo-yo defensively, yo-yo offensively. So try to hit your tricks instead of trying to not miss your tricks. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah that's a good, um, also, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I think I have what it takes to win worlds. It's just, uh, I need to, <clears throat> I need to make a freestyle that's not too crazy, not too hard, uh, within my realm of hit ability and yeah. uh, polish it up. And when I'm on stage, here's, here's my advice to everyone. When you're on stage, just try to do your best, mm. just do your best and be happy with where you're at. And don't be too critical on yourself. When you miss a trick, how can I, how can I recover from that? and make it look nice and just, yeah just do your best don't try to win don't try to be flawless mm. just do your best so try when you're preparing do everything it takes to win just yeah think about like when you're actually making it and practicing it it's all yeah. about winning but the day of don't make it about winning just make it about doing your best and if you mm. do your best you have a pretty good shot yeah so. no i think that's uh that's pretty solid advice i mean I think what I'll add to this is, uh, you know, between you and me, um, <laughs> if I was you, I'd be pretty, uh, <laughs> what is up, man? <laughs> yeah. For, for the viewers there, we, uh, we got photobombed. Yeah. I got a photobomb. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, b between you and me, if, uh, I, I'd be pretty down as well if I was you, um, just because you were at such a high mm. level competitively. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny. I've had a few people that it's always interesting. People always like, um, who do you think is going to win worlds or who do you, who do you think is going to blah, blah, blah. And I, I think I was asked it. I was on a, I was on some, someone else's kind of Insta, Insta live. And they, the question was like, who do you think could win worlds? And I, I literally said Connor Seals. Um, <laughs> and I said that because, um, a, your like your scales freestyle was, terrifying and i mean that in like like with nothing but love like if i saw that as i competitive be like okay it's just time to go home and i think um the second reason was because uh gentry um this is something i haven't actually talked to him a lot about but um gentry and i speak sometimes i i attended his kind of like coaching session and um he mm -hmm. was like um if i was to to kind of predict who would win uh 2020 he would also say connor seals so i think you're on the right track man i just Aww. think my I just, uh, maybe, maybe he wasn't, uh, he wasn't meant to, uh, he wasn't meant for me to tell you that, but, um, I, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a good guy. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, no, he's an insanely yeah. nice guy as well. I mean, I think he gets a lot of, uh, he, he, he gets a lot of flack for a lot of stuff, but he's, um, he's a super nice guy. And yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to kind of see where yo-yoing is going to go because I feel it's, it's interesting. I, you'd think that within a quarantine where we're not really going out, everyone's stuck at home, that yo-yoing would be like, you'd be yo-yoing more than ever. And I've actually found the opposite. I've been yo-yoing less in quarantine. Um, yeah. I'm not sure why. 
I, I oh, think it's uh, something to do yeah. with no contests. Yeah, for me, I love yo-yo freestyles so much. And mm. I like them more when they're alive. So like watching an online freestyle takes a little bit of the luster away from me. Mm. Like it's not it's not as entertaining as when I see it live and I'm like, Yeah, this person had one attempt to hit this. So <clears throat> whenever a contest comes around, I usually get so much more motivated, so much more inspired, and so much more yeah. excited. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And <clears throat> Japan had nationals in October. Yeah. And nobody else had contests, but Japan, they're like, we're going to have a contest with no audience. It's going to suck. Like, we're only going to have judges and like staff and photographers and stuff. Yeah. But it's kind of annoying, right? But, <clears throat> but they did it anyway. And there's one performance in that contest that is just a masterpiece. An which masterpiece. which performance? I'm curious. <laughs> uh, can you guess? Do you remember or no? Is this Japan Nationals? Yeah, um, October. It was 2020 Japan Nationals. Uh, I remember. Uh, <laughs> was it the was it the person who came first in one A? No. Uh, well, that was a beautiful, very well done, great freestyle, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of uh, Takumi Yasumoto off stream for a <laughs> national champion. If you haven't seen this, Brandon, I've, go watch I've, it. I've, I've, oh, yeah? That's my homework. I'm going to go watch that right after this call. <laughs> uh, okay. So dude, this freestyle has like, I don't know, 7,000, 8,000 YouTube views. Something oh, like that's that. a Maybe lot. 10, that's like 10, all 000? of the yo-yo community. No. <laughs> Except for no, me. No, but in my opinion, that is nothing. Like this performance deserves to go viral. It is <laughs> it is so beautifully done. It is mm. it is probably the best foray performance ever made, ever performed. That doesn't include Solaham. So it's like <laughs> it's the best non-Solaham foray ever done, in my opinion. Damn. It's all right. A, it's I've got amazing. A- it's amazing I, Dude, I, I feel, watched that. I, <laughs> yeah i only played 4a for like two months after that happened yeah i've actually made a ton of new 4a tricks but like dude takumi <laughs> yashimoto he is amazing i'm a huge fan instantly well i've always been a fan mm. but yeah dude i'm sending you the link after this chat yeah definitely i i <laughs> will i will check it out actually Beautiful. that that reminds me of a question i actually wanted to ask you and because we've got a little bit more time i'm gonna i'm gonna indulge a little bit um for a 1a i, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people well i don't think you get asked about this a lot but you're a really 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 good 4a player like you came third at u.s nationals you. you're like very very solid how do you think about balancing practice on 4A and 1A when you're trying to be competitive at both? And I know you kind of want to be the guy yeah. that wins both, but like, how do you, how do you think about that? Yeah, well, 4A is so much fun. A lot of people don't really like 4A because they drop it on the floor and they have to bend over and pick it up. And yeah. they have to, like, it's, it's kind I'm of I'm in tiring. that camp, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of annoying, but I... I I kind of, in a lot of ways, I like 4A more than 1A. <laughs> okay. Maybe. But uh, I usually prefer 4A as like a fun style of yo-yo. It's just so much fun. Like if you have space, mm. like I have a racquetball court at my university and I can just go inside of this like big racquetball court and do off string tricks. And it's just so uh, fun. Yeah, and that would be I, really I, fun. 
Because it would bounce, it wouldn't much, roll around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really hard floors. It bounces really well. Um, you don't have to run fifty miles to go grab your yo-yo <laughs> yeah. that rolled away or whatever. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, but I've always used op string as um as kind of a break from one A. And okay. if I ever get sick of one A, I'll play some off string and it's it's just a really fun style. I just love it. And I think I think there's so many tricks that are still completely unexplored in 3A and 4A and 5A. Mm. If we had like, yeah, I just, there's a lot of tricks that are up here that I yeah. I want to do in a contest someday that people have never tried. So I have a lot of tricks in 4A that are inspired by 1A and a lot of tricks in 1A that are inspired by 4A. And I just, yeah. I just love 4A. So. That's... That's what I was going to ask you. Do you find that playing 4A improves your 1A? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, it improves your hand-eye coordination tremendously because like, almost everything in 4A is like, reactionary instead, sure. of, instead of like muscle memory. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. There is muscle memory, but like, uh, in 4A, if you don't have really sharp hand-eye coordination you can't you can't succeed like with 1a you could do a like with when i say hand-eye coordination i mean seeing the yo-yo and putting your hand exactly where your hand needs to be to sure. catch it yeah and seeing the trajectory of the yo-yo and knowing where it's going to land that's all in the realm of hand-eye coordination but with right. 1a with 1a a lot of tricks don't really need that you don't need those skills like yeah. You could do a lot of, there's a lot of really impressive tech tricks where you don't need to react in the same way. Mm. Yeah. You can just feel, you can just feel it. Yeah. Not to, I'm not putting down those tricks. Like they have their own novelty to it, but mm. 4A is almost all reactionary where you're watching the yo-yo and you're putting your hand right where it needs to be. And <laughs> it's kind of funny how simple that sounds and how hard it actually is to do. No, so, I'm, I'm, you know? I mean, I think that's, that's a good, I mean, I've like, whenever I, I play with yo-yos, I mean, as, as a preface to this, I'm terrible at anything that requires hand-eye coordination, like ball sports. I was like the last picked at like all of them. I'm like one of those, I was like a bench warmer. Um, and something that people would always say to me is that like, well, if you're so crappy at hand-eye coordination, how can you play with yo-yos? And it's like, well, with 1A, you can kind of like back to what you were saying. You can feel it, right? There's like a tension to it. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. Um, with 4A, it's a lot more difficult. And, you know, in, in true mm -hmm. fashion, I am a terrible, a atrocious 4A player. Like I've been disqualified. Like it's been bad. So oh, I think that, I think that theory AP, holds up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 4A is a lot of fun. I love it. I think... I think if I ever win worlds in 1A or if I kind of like, if I'm content with like 1A, I'll probably, um, I'll probably do 4A long, long term. Sure. And, uh, I, I, I really like Ray Wakura and I like how he's, he's like 31 or 32 years old and he's still he's like a phenomenal 4A player. Yeah. And I, I, that's pretty inspiring. Like, yeah, I think yo-yo competition is a great hobby. It's not something I would ever want to do full time ever mm. as a job ever <laughs> it would take away my passion for it but um yeah i think competing is fun i think if i ever get too old and frail like if i'm just like not good enough at 1a where all these young kids are just destroying me 
Yeah. Uh, 4A is a lot more approachable. The only movements you need to do are shoot the yo-yo in the air and then (laughs) do a catch. That looks cool. Yeah. You don't have to be some, like, I think people, that's, that's how Ray, like, I don't think Ray would stand a chance in 1A just because I just don't think he would, but his 4A, he can keep up. I don't think 4A requires you to be super young and fast and have really fast stimuli. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going off topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've always subscribed to the thesis that, um, the reason yo-yo players, uh, stagnate over time, it's nothing to do with the body. Like we don't, it's not a very, well, I mean, it kind of, but it's, it's not like boxing or like, you know, football or something that's like incredibly stressful on the body. You know, it doesn't like, we don't break down. Like I, I would argue that I would probably be a better player than, I mean, relatively speaking in comparison to the pack better than like in 2014 that I am now, but that's not because my body's breaking down. It's just because, you know, I'm older now and I, you know, got other commitments. I've got like a full-time job. Um, mm-hmm. It's you just, you just, you know, it, it just doesn't become a priority. I've, I've never used the the argument of like my biology is slowing down, you know, and I, I, <laughs> I kind yeah. of like use that as like a core belief in, in saying that like, you're never quite too old. I mean, I think probably when you approach forties, maybe, but, um, but like, until yeah, then, I think, I think when you get old, the only thing you're really losing is a little bit of speed, I would say. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't imagine myself at 40 years old being as fast as I am now at yo-yoing, but I think all of the fundamental skills, you'll never really lose them. Yeah. And it's like riding a bike. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think, I think like throughout my life, like Boomer Connor, who's like, I don't know, you know, living life as an adult, like I will, I'll probably be doing like yo-yo performances for kids off and on. Like, I think people will still know me as the yo-yo guy around town, you know, and, uh, I'll do performances and I'll still, I think my entire life, I'll still maintain most of my skill. It's just all... I'll probably lose out on like speed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Being young in general. <laughs> yeah. Epic man. Yeah, man. Um, so look, yeah. uh, thanks for your time, man. This is, this yeah. has been super, super fun. And, um, what after this call, I'll, I'll definitely, um, I'll definitely check out the four O freestyle you recommended. Um, and I'll yeah, dude, it, it'd be epic to kind of just, I mean, like even, even like off the podcast or unofficially just to kind of have like a throw session with you where you kind of teach me, teach me some tricks. Yeah, sure. And, um, I think that'd be really, really cool because I think, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're a player who, 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 who's kind of like run parallel with me for a while. And, um, I've never really gotten a chance to, to properly talk and connect. And this has been really, really fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I, I like yo-yo conversations, so I like talking yeah. about it sometimes, sometimes more than doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same as yeah, well. Dude. I mean, that's, that, that's what I built my, my channel around anyway. So <laughs> yeah, dude, no, dude, that's so fun. Your podcasts are fun to listen to. So, um, yeah, I'm going to send you that Takumi Yasumoto performance mm. and you, you can't just watch it only once, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to listen to the music take it in just take it in okay if you know this if you already knew the song beforehand that's a plus but if not no biggie um Mm. yeah it's oh my gosh it's the best ever i think yeah 
it, it's just it's just amazing but yeah yeah, it's awesome. nice talking with you, dude. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much. This is uh this has been super fun, dude. Yeah. So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was the interview with Connor Seals. What did you guys get? out of most from that. I think my biggest thing was how Connor approaches online contests and how he said that the stage is yours. Um, And I think that that probably ties into a wider conversation about um, trying to be a showman and trying to use everything within the rules to kind of give yourself an advantage. I think that was the main thing I got out of it. But again, it was such a wide ranging interview that I really, really enjoyed it. And I definitely think we could have spoken more, but he had a class to go to. So maybe stay tuned. We might invite Connor back for a round two, but that's it for me. Any comments, questions, criticisms, post them down below, and I will see you guys next time.